Well, that's good. That's good. Well, give somebody a high five. Thank you, singers and musicians. You can give them a good hand and then high five somebody. And and they're working on um, work on my sound a little bit there. I know we're switching. So did you enjoy that video from the campaign we had? We just actually, the truth is, we held three campaigns. The first one, Jacob, one of my associates, was preaching. Second one was, one you saw was from the campaign. I was totally responsible. The third one was actually Dean Morris was there with me, and we, we both preached there. And, and so I thought I'd just show you because it was so unusual. You know, after the campaign in the city, we went to another area. There's a lot of people living there but you could only get there by boat. This is an area their first contact with the outside world was in the 1960s. And the first foreigners that came, they were murdered. I think they boiled them and ate them. And so we'll just show you that. It's about a minute and a half. Watch here, this is from last week when Dean and I arrived there. Only accessible by boat. Beside me is the region sitting there. That was exciting. And actually, we had a campaign in that town, and it became very huge. It, I don't have the pictures today. It became a huge campaign. <laughs> I mean, the whole town is built on poles. It's hard to explain how the town square where we held the campaign is all built on poles. I've never seen anything like it. So that's to avoid any damage from a flood or tsunami. And we had a great time. It was wonderful. Wouldn't you wish to have been there? <laughs> wow. Are you ready now for something from the Bible? And I, uh, just, just for you to kind of know what we're up to. Uh, and by the way, today we are, we are releasing Vera. And Indira is going with her for her first, uh, kind of where she's going on her own, to teach in our Bible school in Myanmar. We are involved in the world. So we're going to pray with uh, Vera and Indira before uh, the service is ended. So just... No matter how excited I get, Pastor Nathan, we've got to pray for those two because not that they need a lot of prayer, but uh, we love them so much. So we're going to pray for them anyhow, all right? Because God is with them for sure. Come on now. That, that's for sure. 
Let's read a couple of scripture verses here. Philippians 4.13, well-known verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I put the emphasis on Christ. Your, your life is interwoven with the Christ. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me again. We are totally connected with the Christ who lives in us. And so I know in the summer here, I have been doing a number of teachings about who is Christ. Jesus asked the Pharisees, what do you think about who Christ is? And at, one, at a glance, it seems like such a simple and obvious teaching. I know to some people, they think Christ is Jesus' last name. And some have studied a little bit more. They say, well, Christ is the Greek version of Messiah, meaning the anointed one. Now, I had always had a suspicion because I think the Bible is such a powerful book with so many depths of truth. I always had a suspicion that there's more to the word Christ than I ever imagined. And so this summer, for those of you who have been here, you've heard me do a number of teachings about who the Christ is. And I talked about how Christ is before all things, before time began, before the creation of the universe. There was Christ. And that the Bible says at the end of time, everything will be put under Christ. And between that before the beginning and at the end, you have Christ in the middle. Christ came into the body of Jesus. And this is our Christian faith. This is what stands out from everybody else. We believe that the great God came in the person of Jesus, and we call him Jesus the Christ. And he is Lord, and he is Christ. And so let, let me summarize, and you notice in each statement I'm going to make, there's a scripture verse behind it, a reference. I don't necessarily quote all the references, but I want you to know what I'm saying is substantiated by scripture. If you want more, go back and get the teachings from earlier in the summer. First of all, we've, we've talked about that Christ is the Alpha before all things. And in him, everything consists and is upheld. And John chapter 1, Hebrews 1 talks about that. How everything is upheld by him. And how all things are created by the Christ. And I, I gave you some scientific references. I quoted Discovery Magazine where a scientist was writing about how everything is held together, the protons and neutrons and quarks and subparticles. Science doesn't know how they are held together. And this particular scientist said, the more we study this, the more mysterious it becomes. So the most advanced scientific minds of our day cannot explain how everything consists and is held together. But the scripture tells us it's in Christ. He upholds all things. Uh, that, that's a beautiful thought. Then, then we've been talking about nature from the limitless universe, expanding universe, to the minutest quark and subparticle declares the wonder of Christ, that he is, Colossians 1 there, he is, he is before all things. He's above creation, but he saturates creation. It's, it's beautiful. Then we talked about Christ is the light of the world. He lights the path of everyone coming into the world. That's a direct quote of John chapter 1, verse 19. And in the context when I was teaching about that, I was showing you the picture, that if we have that, put it up there, that was released earlier this year. This was a great, great news story in the, sci in the scientific world. You say, what's, what's so great about that picture? This is the first time that scientists 
have ever photographed a black hole in the universe? How many have heard of black holes in the universe? This black hole, I forget now, maybe it's like uh, 40 million times bigger than planet Earth. And, but the big thing about this was this light that is depicted. You see the light around it? Because a black hole is not supposed to have any light. And this was released, was in, probably in Toronto Star and Globe and Mail and all of our newspapers in April because this was a great uh, uh, find in the realm of astronomy. And the, the lead professor said, we have no idea what produces that light. We don't know where the light comes from because it, there should be no sunlight. And see, it's very interesting to me that in the creation story, Genesis 1, it says that God said let there be light before the sun and the moon were put in place. People say, how, how can there be light? Well, now scientists finally in 2019 caught up to that there must be some source of light. Oh, no, now it's disappeared. There must be some light in the universe. I, I just find it interesting that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Don't you find that interesting? And so there are things we, we, we say, well, well, is that what the Bible says? The Christ is the light of the world? And, and Colossians 3.11 is almost too much for people to swallow. Christ is all and in all. That almost sounds like people say, are you pantheistic? No. Christ is, upholds everything. Every leaf, every twig, you <laughs> and your cat and, and, and the universe. He upholds everything, but, but he's not just like, like he's not, we're not saying that every plant is God. We're saying Christ is above it all. He's, he's not only upholds, but he's above it all. He's Lord of Lords. Uh, interesting. And, and, and then I, we talk about at the end of time, everything is put under Christ, the Omega. And then the fifth point was the eternal Christ was poured into the body of Jesus 2,000 years ago. Hebrews 10, 5, a body was prepared for me. For this, this one who created all things, who was before all things, he's the Alpha and the Omega. He came in the body of Jesus Christ. Now, many don't believe that. We believe that. Because God has borne witness in our spirit that the gospel is true. The Holy Spirit bears witness with us. And we believe that the Holy Spirit can bear witness with every person in the whole wide world. Can you say an amen to that? But then I said, we've been talking about if the Christ vision, which I call the grandest vision, if it's only about Jesus who walked here 2,000 years ago, it's come unlimited. If all we do in church is talk about 2,000 years ago this happened, 2,000 years ago this happened, I mean, we're going to run out of steam. The beautiful thing is that the Christ vision is not limited. Colossians 1.27, Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That this, this power, this, this God, who was expressed to the Christ and created all things and would be there at the end of time. He is in you. Now, now, now I can get excited. I can feel goosebumps. I can say, well, now we are talking. We're talking 2019. Christ now. Oh. And then I, we talked about when darkened minds, which is all of our minds before we saw the light of Christ, are enlightened. We discover our identity in Christ. We, we see it. And so I've been talking about this. People say, well, why do you keep talking about this so much? Because it's one thing I know, and it's in my book, The Faith That Works, as well in, in that area, but it's, it, put, put that up on the screen. Everything comes to us by cognitive understanding and then emotional mastery and then intuitive life. You see, the reason we go over something in depth is because, first of all, and you notice this in our church, when I'm teaching something, 
and that maybe is different than what you heard from before, most of you just kind of look at me. When I teach it the second time, you enter into emotional mastery. You start smiling. You actually say, yeah, first time you just want to listen. Can it be true? Is it really true what he's saying about the Christ? And then you even start clapping a little bit. You even start, I can say real good things, but the first time I say it, you never clap. I have to say it a second time because you kind of had to get the cognitive understanding and say, yeah, I see it in the Bible. I say, oh, yeah, it's there. Oh, yeah, I guess he did prove that the Scripture says that. And then you kind of ease up, and then you, then you say, oh, hallelujah. Oh, I feel that. But you see, that's where many stop. Where it really works is when it becomes your intuitive life. Where you go to it for default. It's not just logically I see it. It's in the scripture. He's reasoning from the scripture. He's laying it out from the scripture. And I'm even getting excited about it. But there's another thing on a Thursday morning when all hell breaks loose. If you go there by default. And you say the Christ is in me. And you say it becomes your intuitive life. And, and I feel like it's happening to me. I'm a, I'm a little bit like that. You know, we came back from Indonesia, and I was so happy. I was flying high. We've had three great campaigns. And then when I got back, everything went wrong. I have things go wrong every single day since I arrived back. You know, I usually never say that, so you know when I say it. I, I, I have had bad news every day. Say, what are they? I'm not going to tell you. I've had bad news. Only Tina's comfort has kept me alive. And, and so I thought, well, I thought, what am I going to make with all this bad news I'm getting? And, and none of you know all the bad news. She's the only one who knows all the I think Pastor Nathan knows all the bad news, too, because I always tell him. And, 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 and so I think, well, this is good preparation because I had to go to that intuitive life. Sometimes I had to go out and just uh, walk on the road with my dog and look at the trees and say, oh, look at those trees. Christ is upholding them. Christ is upholding them. I told you, when I first was thinking about this, I was go going along the, uh, the drive where I walk, and, and this car rolled up, and they slowed down and rolled down the window, and I said, can I help you? And they said, oh, we apologize. We thought you were somebody else. I said, who did you think I was? And they said, we thought you were Peter Younger. I don't know if I aged that much. <laughs> I didn't know that. I said, well, well, I said, well, it just so happens that I am Peter Younger. And I said, oh, they said, oh, God led us here today. Give us a word. I said, keep that window rolled down. And then I ran across the road and I ripped a branch off the tree and I went back and said, here, I give you this twig. They looked at the twig. I said, can we hold it? I said, yeah. And I said, look at this twig. You know who keeps that together? Christ. Look at the leaves. I said, now next time when you pray in the name of Christ, think about that. That the name you are taking is a name that holds everything together. I said, that's my word. See you later. And then they came to the church. They could be here today. I don't know. I saw them in church. He was so touched by the words. See, in other words, I was going to it by default. So I was thinking today, I, I want to talk about, because we can just have a cognitive understanding. You go to church and we learn about this and we learn about that and our pastor is teaching us this and that. But if it's not becomes intuitive, 
What good is it going to do? So I want to challenge you a little bit and talk about some areas where I feel this is affecting me. Number one, God becomes bigger to you. You, you know, God doesn't become bigger. He just becomes bigger to us. You see, this was the one thing that God pointed out as a sin of the nation of Israel. Psalm 78, they grieved him again and again. They limited the Holy One. I think many people, many of us, have had too small of a God. God is so puny, so small. You know, the more I see Christ and that I'm hooked up with Christ and Christ, I'm hooked up with all this, I, I say, God is so big. You know, Greek philosophy messed us up a little bit because the Greek philosophy did to us what the Hebrew prophets hadn't done and even what the, what the apostles hadn't done. They put such a differential between the spiritual and the material realm. So that people got to think that there's a spiritual realm and a material realm. And God is in the spiritual realm and he's not in the material realm. So we need to free ourselves from the material realm to be connected. For, that's why we sing songs, this world is not my home. What do you mean this is not your home? It is your home right now. You're living right on this planet. But we, we thought that was spirituality too. But, but you see, in the Hebrew thinking and in the real biblical thinking, there was not this differential between the spiritual and material. They saw God in everything. They saw God's blessing in the spiritual realm and in the material realm because he's God of everything. He, Christ is all and in all. And I find that the bigger I see God, the more I love other people. So having a revelation of God doesn't make his love smaller. If, if, if God's love is small to you, maybe you... You've been checking in on the wrong God. Nurture this, this, this vision and you can, you can see people and see Christ in them. You know, I, I, I promised to give a little update from Indonesia. So when we went to Indonesia, I'm sure Pastor Nathan referred, related this to you maybe last Sunday or the Sunday before, we got into a hotbed of activities. It just so happened for the second time in my life going to Eastern Indonesia, it happened the first time I was there we entered a place of riots. What had happened was this, there was a racial tension on the island of Java between Papuan students at the university and the Javanese students. Well, that spread so that accordingly there was some disrespect to the Indonesian flags, rioting started. By the time we arrived there, they were, had, they were stoning, they stoned a couple of police officers to death. There, there was killing. There was all kinds of things going on. So we had no internet. We were cut off from the internet. In fact, they cut all phone services because they didn't want the people to be able to use social media, to be able to connect for demonstrations, etc. So we were under all that going on. So I had to address all that. I had to talk to all of that and, 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 and talk to the leaders and about that. And of course, it's very easy when you see Christ. Because I realize no matter how people look, no matter how their skin color, their ethnicity, their culture, I see Christ in every person. I see that every person is created in God's image. So if I hate or demean another person, I hate and demean myself. You see, so this frees us from this narrow-mindedness. And I don't take sides. Some of you heard that the police in Indonesia, and it's true, about a week and a half ago, I got contacted by the national police, the, the, the chief of the entire nation's police. You know, it's quite an honorable thing. And they told me that if I go to Jakarta, the police will pay for a campaign. Now, initially, I thought that was great. And 20 years ago, I would have said, yes, I'm coming. They said, you're going to pay for my whole campaign? Yeah. 
Got a p- p- police is going to meet you at the, at the Jakarta airport and take you to the hotel. We're going to set up a meeting. We want you to preach to all the provincial people who live here in Jakarta, the capital. So I got thinking, no. See, I got thinking, the police don't think I'm so nice that they're going to pay for a whole campaign just because they think I'm so cute. How many understand that? I got to thinking, I know what they want me to do. There's such unrest and rioting. They want me to tranquilize the people so that I side with the police against the people. I said, no, 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 no. I don't need that anymore. 20 years ago, that would have been a feather in my ministerial hat. Look how important I am. The police wants to pay everything for me. So I decided I am not going to go because I'm not going to side with one party or the other. That is not my business. My business is representing the king of kings and the Christ. So that's, that's the choice I made because there's all kinds of tension and, so, and some of the people in the part of the country where we were, they, they have been, they, they feel ostracized. And so I, I'm going to be above that. You know, seeing who Christ is to you. Right? Some preachers, they so oh, I got to meet, I got to talk to a politician. What, what do you think, that's something special? Probably just using you to get your congregation's vote. Come on now. We, we, yeah, I like politicians. I meet politicians all the time, but you know, that they're no more important than you are. I don't know how I got off on this topic. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm merely saying, when you see who Christ is in you, you don't have to. You're not so odd, and you don't need approval. We have something great. We have Christ to preach. So, 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 so okay, okay, yeah. So God gets bigger. My world gets bigger. So people have a small world. I'm not talking about, you can live in a big city and have a small world. You can live in a small village and have a big world. You know, it's possible. You can live in a big city like Toronto and your world is Leslie to Victoria Park. That's it. Or you can live in a, in a, in a little village somewhere, you know, Beaverbrook or something out up, up north somewhere, and, and you can have a big, big, big view. I was, I was raised in a small, small little village. You know, our, our family, we have one of the highest post office box numbers was box 66. Thank God it wasn't 666. <laughs> we didn't have, I think we only had about 80 post office boxes. I was, we were 66. And, and our phone number was five digits, 52154. That's all you needed to do to get to, we, we were in small, but, but, I, but you know, I was always dreaming of the world. And, and in a sense, I can see that looking back, what I knew of God was whatever I, God was doing in a, in a radius of 50 kilometers. But at least my parents subscribed to some publications. And that's why you need to have our magazine coming to your home, by the way. So you, your kids can see something beyond uh, York Mills and, and, and Don Mills. Uh, there's more. Come on, how many are ready for a bigger world? I, I, I mean, you, you see, that small world mentality gives us prejudice and bias and narrow-mindedness. Sometimes the religious world is so small. I remember when I came to Bible school in Rhode Island. Oh, talk about navel-gazing. I mean, they, they were so into, especially the women's clothing. You know, it's always the women. How I many know it's always the women's fault? And the women's clothing. Men had decided how to, and hairstyles. And, I mean, it was, it was suffocating. It was... You know, sometimes church can be such a small pond 
and it's easy to be a big fish in a pond, small pond, but I say expand your pond. Get a bigger pond. See, see, when you see Christ, you see... Can I tell you something? See, we're not taping this for television. It's too much for the television audience, what I have to share. So, I'm telling you some Papua stories. It just fits in. So, in, in, in the main city where we had the campaign, you know, a lot of people don't speak English. We had to find translators. So there was one lady, she was translating for Dean when he was speaking, and also when I had to have private meetings, I called on her to translate. I have a picture of that lady. Her name is Tasha. I want you to see her there. Uh, Dean got me this picture because he's well-connected with, with smart people. Uh, I, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Dean. There he is. Okay. So, Natasha here, she's a Papuan, but she's a scientist. She has her bachelor, master's degree from University of Australia. She's one of the top 15 geologists in the world, appointed by the United Nations. Okay, but she comes from a very small Papuan village. So when we're talking, you can take a picture down. It's a real pleasure. So we're talking. And I, I always, I say, I ask questions. As long as I don't ask questions, I don't learn anything. I always ask people, what, well, tell me, before Christianity came, what did you believe then? And she's telling me, well, she said, I came from a royal family, she said. And, and if, she said what they did, how they buried their dead and all that. And I'm just listening. I said, and she said, you know, my, my, on my mother's side, they were so close to nature that she said, I still remember what my grandmother told me, that her mother could go to the river and call the fish to come. And they would just pick up the fish, and then she said, go home, and the fish would swim away. I like to be able to do that. He said, I got called to I said, he said, so then I said, so, so that's why I'm saying she's, she's, she's a scientist. I said, are you sure they didn't go to the pet store in the village? Of course, I didn't have and got some little thing, you know, to drop in the water. She said, no, I'm absolutely sure. So I said, well, how did you think they could do that? She said, it was too long. It was so cold. I said, really? Are you sure? Why do you say that? Well, of course it was. What the Pentecostal preacher told me. He says, yeah, Of course it's demonic. I said, Isn't it strange that Jesus called fish? He wouldn't be demonic, would he? I said, Isn't it strange that in Acts 14 17 it says that God left a, left a witness of himself everywhere? That God has revealed himself in nature? So I said, You know, I just want to submit to you for your consideration that maybe God in his love revealed himself to your forefathers who didn't know Christ. They didn't have the full revelation of Christ. But they were in touch with nature. They had some ability. After all, we are called to have dominion over nature. And Jesus barbecued fish, so the fish in itself is not inherently evil because I eat fish all the time, so it can't be bad, right? And you have fish. And she, so she sent me a message, and they said, thank you, I never thought of that. So I was thinking, if I was the missionary to that tribe, would I rather go there and say, you know, all through the centuries, God, through his great loving God, has been showing you that he cares for you. He has been, as it says in Romans 3, 
not only the God of the Jews or the Christians, but of all the world, and he's revealed himself in nature. But now I've come to give you a message of how the full revelation of God has come through the person of Jesus. Would that be a good approach? Or is it a good, just a good approach to say, you all demonic, you full of that devil, the whole bunch of you. And I, what do you think? Because our world is so small, we can't even think that God would do something outside. Are, are you, see, now you're getting quiet. I'm giving you cognitive thoughts here. Are you going to think about this? Are you with me? Could, could it be? See, I, I, the more I see Christ, I think, of course, God is trying to reach people everywhere. She says, we even had in our tribe, we had a, a legend of, of, of God coming to us, taking upon himself leprosy. Uh, as a sign of shame for all of our tribe and then he rose again from the dead I said isn't that beautiful that you already had a witness in your tribe of Jesus Christ you just didn't know the name of this you, you, come on some of you say I never heard anybody talk like that because anything that doesn't smell and look like you you call it a demon come on now my God is big and so, so the more I think about the Christ, he's revealed himself in nature. What? Don't they need salvation? Of course they do. That's why we preach Jesus. But Paul said to the people in Athens, he didn't say, you're all demonic. He said, in him you live and move and have your being. He's revealing himself to you. Come on now. He gave you something to think about. We, we, that's why we're opening this library. Uh, over here in two weeks, it's going to be exciting. You're going to be exposed to thoughts that's going to disturb your brain until you have a happy revelation. And you say, I got the emotional mastery. I feel the excitement. And I'm thinking and embrace. I love to embrace the world. Every person I look at, I see. I see Christ in you. You just don't know it yet. I see you are upheld by Christ. You just don't know it yet. Isn't that a beautiful approach? So, 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 so a bigger world. What's my next point? A bigger splash. Come on. Have you ever been to a swimming pool? People are diving in from the diving board. Then comes some 450-pounder and climbs up on the diving board. And everybody kind of backs off and says, this is going to be a tidal wave. There's a tsunami coming. Because the principle of this, the bigger you are, the bigger you splash. And so I'm, I'm thinking that you are destined by God and by the Christ to save you, to make a big splash. You're a, I'm not talking about you getting big physically. I'm talking about a big splash. That's what Jesus did. You know, how many preachers do you think had walked into the synagogue in Nazareth and taken a scripture and read it to the people in the synagogue? It was a dime a dozen. But the day when Jesus walked in and he read the scripture like a hundred teachers before him, but then he said, right now, what I read this day is fulfilled. Ooh, there were splashes everywhere and they wanted to kill him. How many are ready to have a life that makes a splash? The disciples, they were timid. They were fearful. They were scared. They didn't believe. But Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and Galilee and to the ends of the earth. You who are timid and fearful, you are big splash kind of people. I, I got to throw something in here because I just got thinking about it and it blessed me. Kind of fits, but it doesn't totally fit. But you'll enjoy it anyhow. You know what it says in Titus 1.12? It says, Cretans 
are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. Isn't that a powerful verse? Paul is actually quoting Greek poets. Imagine that if you come from the island of Crete, and it says in the Bible that you're always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. If they said that about Canadians in the Bible, if it said in the Bible, Canadians are liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons, I said, I don't know if I want to keep reading this book. Are you with me now? Imagine if it said that about the Congo people. Hey, would you like that, Alex? No, he wouldn't like it. China, the Finnish people, no, 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 no. Wouldn't work at all. But here's the good news. Now go to the next verse, Acts 2. On the day of Pentecost, it says, Parsians and Medes and Elamites and those in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya, visitors from Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongue the wonderful work of God. I got so blessed by that that people who are always liars and evil beasts and lazy gluttons can be so changed by the Holy Spirit that they speak in tongues the wonderful works of God. Come on. I just had to throw that in. Say there is hope for everyone. Come on. Shout hope for Toronto. Hope for my family. Oh, give the Lord Jesus praise. I'm talking to making a big splash here. Sometimes I think we have too small concerns. People, now we want to pray with you. Of course, we pray all the time. Pray. I feel rejected. Can you pray for me? Okay, I will. But really, I don't want to. What I want you to do is to stand up on your hind legs on your own and say, I have Christ in me, and I rise above this. Pastor, Pastor Nathan, I have a problem. I'm so easily offended. Is that really your problem? Can you please rise up and just shout, Christ is in me? Now, he'll pray for you because he's so nice, and he cares for you, but... You're bigger than that. Tell your neighbor, you're bigger than that. And, and, and sometimes preachers, they, they help give us a small world. Now, I'm going to make up a story here. This is, I haven't heard any preacher tell this story, but I'm going to make it up. But it's like stories I've heard. Let's imagine I told a story like this. Oh, Tyna and I went to a restaurant this week, and, you know, we ordered fish and chips, and the fish was kind of, the cold, the chips were kind of cold. And I was in a bad mood, so I got so angry at the waitress because the chips were cold, and, and you know, I kind of spoke a little bit abruptly, and, and you know what, the Lord has been dealing with me all week about this, and he's been dealing with this, and, and, and you see, when preachers preach like that, people say, oh, you're so relatable, Pastor. That's just where I'm at. Really, that's where you're at. I want to tell you something. There are atheists who don't even believe in God who can get cold chips and get over it just in their humanity. Just get over it. Just because they're humans. They don't need to make it like God is working on this big thing because I was so offended. And, you know, they can actually in their humanness get over it. Are you with me? But some Christians and preachers encourage us. Oh, let me buy your CDs. That so relates to where I'm at. Stop being at that place. Stop Aren't you a human being? Can't you rise up a little bit and have 
I mean, is that what the whole Trinity is doing in your life? Dealing with your upsetness about the cold french fries? Come on, are you with me? Hey, let's get a bigger world. I mean, how about if, if God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were dealing with you regarding Daniel eleven thirty two, 32, where it says, the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Instead of you thinking about your cold French fries and how you lost the victory and how you struggle about nothingness. Come on, rise up higher. Rise, get a bigger world. Get a bigger world. Oh, I, I got to hurry, I got to hurry. Get a bigger heart. 1 Kings 4, Solomon had largeness of heart. Proverbs 11:25. the generous soul will be made rich. He who waters will be watered himself. You know, in your thoughts, in your imagination, have a generous soul. Get big. Think big. We're taking on a new associate missionary. Show me the picture of, of Yotham and I. Here's my new associate. Look at that guy. Two, two generations ago, his family were cannibals. Can you imagine what a good food I would have made for him? Tina said, you're going there. They were cannibals two generations ago. I said, don't worry. Dean is with me. His flesh is younger. They go for the young flesh. And I'll, I'll just run away while they eat on him. I said, now he's our new associate. Are you glad for Yotham? He's, a, he's out there. We've commissioned him. We've trained him. He's out, of, he's out there praying for the sick. He's out there healing the sick. He's out there. He, he's a great guy. I tell you, to be so... Pastor Peter, why do you take on all these people? Like, you just need money all the time. Yeah, that's my life, Destiny. I need money all the time because my heart is so big, I just embrace more people. I said, I see God. I believe in you. I see God's presence in you. Yotham, I want someone to run up and down these mountain hills from town to town because I don't want to go there. I'm getting too old and it's so sweaty in the jungle for me in rainforest. You go, but I'm going to believe God for some money. We can help you get a sound system. We can help you get a microphone. We can help you. Oh, come on. Get a big life. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay, I got to hurry. I had so much to say. And, and don't think about money differently. You know, I remember one lady came to our church years ago, not this church, another church, and she was always every Sunday saying, oh, Pastor Peter, you know, my husband and I are such givers. We're such givers. We're such... Every Sunday she's telling me how big givers. Finally, I thought, you know, I, I usually never check the data registry, but she's bragging every Sunday how much money she gives. I'm going to go and check out. Check the data for me. Set, check the software. How much are these people giving? I couldn't believe how little they were giving. I thought there are people who make half the money of that family who give twice as much, and they talk about it all the time. It's like my friend Wayne Meyer said, a hen lays one egg and cackles all night. But a codfish lays 30,000 eggs and doesn't say a word. I thank God for all the codfish in our church who are saying, I'm hooked up with you. Oh, come on now. Everybody say Christ. I said, you like big people. You, you actually, I think, like me preaching like this. Even though you're not sure, I can tell by your expression. Because you say, Pastor, I can't fall asleep. I can't do navel-gazing. You are, you are challenging me. You're provoking me. You're still thinking about the fish coming to shore. I don't know what you're thinking about. But I say, husbands, get a bigger wife. I don't mean wider and heavier. I mean get a bigger one. Get one who is big, who can negotiate, who can think, who can study, who can learn. Don't get intimidated. Are you with me? 
You don't want some woman walking 15 feet behind you. You want someone who is right there. Come on now. Because you are so big yourself, man, that you want a big mama. I'm not talking about size. I'm talking about in thinking and thought. Are you with me? Oh. I have so much to say about all these points. I'm all stirred up. Now, here's one question. Now, I'm going to give you, I'm going to finish with a teaching nugget. Are you ready for this? You're going to go quiet here because you're going to think. But I'm going to answer from the Bible. Don't be nervous. So when you hear me teach about Christ, upholds everything, everything. Does that mean that Christ is in everybody or just in Christians? You would think that, right, if you're listening. So I want to, look, I even put it there. Would you like to have the Bible answer? Because it's not as, say, well, yes or no. Well, first of all, 168 times the Bible says in Christ. So let me tell you this. First of all, put the word being in existence. Being in existence. When it comes to being in existence, then the whole universe is upheld by Christ. When it comes to us being on this planet, so in that sense, what Paul said in Acts 17 to people who were not believers in Christ, he said, you don't know it, but in him you live and move and have your being. He's talking about the Christ. So when it comes to being in existence, then Christ permeates everything. But then secondly, when it comes to salvation and leader, uh, and relationship, then the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, so it's not a foregone conclusion, if anyone is in Christ, speaking of relationship, then that person is a new creation. All things have passed away. Everything becomes new. Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So, 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 so there's an option. It's not automatic. He may dwell in your heart. Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, if anyone invites me in, I will come in and dine with him and they with me. So, so Paul even says, he says here, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Paul says to the Philippians, I have you in my heart. I have Tina in my heart. I was around the world 13 time zones away, but I have Tina in my heart. You shouldn't have Tina in your heart. I have her in my heart. (laughs) Are you with me right now? I also have this church in my heart. I don't, it's because I don't have other churches in my heart doesn't mean I think they are bad or, or, or substandard, but I have you in my heart. So it's by default. I always look whatever time's okay. Okay, Nathan is starting to preach now, okay? Or oh, the afternoon service. I can't call him now. I have to wait till the afternoon service is over. I wonder what's it. Then I might fall asleep by the time that's done, and then I wake up, or oh, I miss the whole thing. But you see, it's just because I'm thinking, was there a prayer request? Was there something in the service? I want to know because you're in my heart. I, I, you can say amen to that. Not in the same way that Tina is in my heart. I'm very glad for that. But you're in my heart. It's, so, so here's saying, to have Christ in your heart. Many people, they are upheld by Christ, the whole universe upheld by Christ, but Christ is not in their heart. They don't, haven't received it, embraced it in relationship. Then there's a third area, and that's the fullness of Christ. Ephesians 4:13, final verse, till we all come to unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to the fullness of Christ. That's why we are here today, to learn more about Christ. So even though you have received Christ, you're in Christ, all things have passed differently 
You see the world and yourself differently? We are still growing in Christ. That's why God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to the church. That's why God gave people like Pastor Nathan and myself to the church to help us to grow and not just sit there and say, oh, Oh, you make me feel so good, Pastor. Oh, I just, no, but to grow, to, to stir. Say, I'm growing in the knowledge of Christ. Hallelujah. Are you all happy? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Bow your head right now. I got I to gotta put a speed on here. Uh, see, that's all we do. When I saw those people, so different from me I see Christ in them I say you're upheld by Christ you just don't know it I'm here to reveal Christ to you and if you if you open your heart he'll come in if any, if you want to he'll come in but but, but he's upholding you already you consist in him I haven't come to tell you about some strange foreign Western God that is somehow some different American Canadian European I've come to tell you about the one who up, upheld you all your tribe and all your people and all your nation now he's revealed in Jesus and, and if, if you come to him if you have him in your heart he'll strengthen you and you'll see it light it's beautiful oh thank you Lord if you like to receive this Christ in your heart <laughs> then I can't finish without giving you the opportunity so every head bowed, just so we kind of don't sit and look at people, you know, look at them and check, let's see, who's this, what's this one doing and that. If you want to receive this Christ, would you give me a signal? Because I'm going to pray, and I want to include you. Or if you say, I, I want to be restored to Christ, I somehow missed this, I drifted away, I want to be restored. Lift your hand way up high right now, anywhere in the room. You say, I want this. Lift it up way up high, and I, I want to see where you are. We can pray with you, and thank God with you. Lift it up way up high, wherever you are. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. All right, let's everybody lift our hand. Father, I thank you for this revelation of the Christ. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for this salvation and this enlightenment that has come to us. And now I thank you, Lord, for the healing power of Jesus the Christ. I want you to put your hand on your body right now. You have the power to lay hands on yourself. Stand up and do it. I'm going to ask Vera and Indira to come up here while I'm doing this. Would you come up here, Vera and Indira? Would you stand, everybody, right now? Put your hand on your body as you stand. And I want to pray with you right now. I want to pray in the name of this Jesus the Christ, of this Jesus the Christ who upholds everything. Do you believe that there's power in the name of Jesus the Christ to cause that tumor to disappear like that? I have seen it again and again. I think it was the third night there in Tamika. I couldn't count. How many tumors just vanished, just gone? just in one moment that's the power of the Christ that is the that is the intuitive knowledge I am appealing to the name of the Christ who was revealed in Jesus and he is Lord and Christ and King and Lord and in his name I speak do you believe cancer can dissolve in the name of the Christ do you believe that your back and your spine and your vertebrae can be restored to their normal agility and function in the name of the Christ? Do you believe that? 
I know you do because faith is coming in your heart. So, Father, I know, Lord, we don't have a lot of time. I know, Lord, you know everything about Sunday mornings and times. So I'm praying the fast one right now, Lord. I thank you for your healing power hitting people fast right now. I thank you for healing life from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. I speak to cancer. I speak to problems in the various organs of the body, whether the liver or the heart or the stomach or whatever the kidney, whatever part it is. I speak to that sickness in the name of Christ. Sickness, get out of there. Get out of there in the name of Jesus the Christ. I thank you, Father. And now I want you to, to take a deep breath. Take a deep breath right now. And then tilt your head a little bit upward. And then lift up your hands and begin to thank God that the Christ power that created everything is flowing through you. It's flowing through you right now. I thank you, Father, for this power of the Christ. This power of Christ Jesus flowing through people. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. Give the Lord Jesus a big hand praise right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. While we are standing, let me ask you, how many believe Jesus the Christ has touched you today? Wave your hand right now. That's beautiful. 